Welcome to the Full Potential Podcast. I am your host, Nick Wagner Sr. And every week, I interview guests that share career stories, ideas, and experiences to empower and inspire people to reach their full potential. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the Full Potential Live Show. And uh, I have a great guest tonight, and I was just telling her before we got on that I I'm a little intimidated because she is a professional at this, and I'm just an amateur interviewer. But uh, we are we are live tonight uh, on our show with uh, Teresa Dufour. So Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Nick. This is great. I am really excited to have you. So uh, Teresa is actually in the television industry. So she actually interviews people for for you know for her actual real job uh, on, <laughs> on, on on TV, which is really exciting. So. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation tonight with with her about her career journey through the television industry, and I've never had a guest on before to talk about that. So I think it's going to be really interesting, Teresa, because it's very different from any every other guest that I've ever had on before. So I think people are going to learn a lot. Uh, just real quick before we jump in, just so everyone everyone's aware, we will record this live tonight. We're streaming it to LinkedIn and YouTube, and then we will share this uh, share the link out on YouTube. Uh, share the link out on YouTube afterwards so everyone can check it out if they missed it tonight. We will absolutely link to Teresa's website, so her personal website, so you can learn more about Teresa and see everything that she's doing. And we'll link to Teresa's show, Connecticut Style, as well, so you can check out all of Teresa's uh, websites. And then we'll turn this into the, the audio-only version into the podcast, the Full Potential Podcast. We'll release that later this week if you missed if you missed the video. So, so Teresa, so first, I know you're you're a busy um, you're a busy TV personality and mom. So I appreciate you making time on this Sunday night to do this. My pleasure. And the first thing I want to ask you, so and I love this question: when you meet someone for the first time mm-hmm. and you introduce yourself, and they're like, "Oh, who is Teresa?" What do you what do you do? How do you answer that? What do I do? That's a really good question. Uh, initially, the first thing that came to my mind is I'm a mom who talks on TV. Uh, I'm a, I love a, that. A two two little ones. Two two little ones. I have a four year old and a two year old home. But I'm also into this TV thing. I work at WTNH Channel Eight in New Haven, and I have for the last eleven years. Prior to that, I worked at WFSB in Hartford, that's Channel 3. So I've been in TV here in Connecticut close to 15 years. Right now, I host a show called CT Style, Monday through Friday at 1230. It's on hiatus right now, but it's coming back at the end of the summer. And I just feel so lucky that I get to do what I love every day. And 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 we're going to talk about your journey because I'm my assumption would be that you don't go right from journalism school and college to hosting your own show right it, it's not like you just like oh yeah we'll give you a show go for it yeah, there's so, a little bit of a totem pole you have to climb yeah there's there's a little bit of a journey to get there so we'll, we'll talk about that but i love how you led with the, your your mom because i know how important family is to you and i think that's something else that we'll, we'll talk to today because we'll, we'll talk to today because i think a lot of i think i think a, a common question that i think a lot of uh parents like especially parents of the young children have is how do you balance work and and home and and life and yeah i'd love to know somebody and what, and me what's in. the right answer and, and what's the right answer and, and so i i i think we'll get some some perspective on that today as well sure. so why don't we i'm fascinated to find out why you're in the tv industry to begin with so was this was this a lifelong dream to be in the tv industry and 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 be a reporter and and be a newscaster or was this something that you know 
maybe you, you figured out in college? Like, how, how did that come up? Now, this was something I've always wanted to do from a young age. I don't know if you're as old as I am, but there's a show back in the 80s called Murphy Brown. And it was about a, a newsroom and a reporter. And I used to put, I was really young at that. I was like five, maybe. And I would put a red wig on and call myself Murphy wig on and call myself Murphy Red instead of Murphy Brown and pretend I was a reporter. So I always wanted to get into this. I've always wanted to give, uh, be able to tell stories. Live television fascinates me. You never really know what's going to happen. So from a young age, yeah. I always I wanted to, to do this. But it was kind of a winding road because you tell your guidance counselors that, hey, I want to be on TV. They're like, eh, maybe you should try something a little bit uh, more reliable. You're going to want to find a job after college. But that didn't that didn't seem to stop you because you ended you ended up fulfilling your dream. So I, I want to ask the question, what did your parents think of this? And I don't I don't know. You know, were they supportive? Were they Teresa? Yeah. This is not a good idea. What, what was what did mom and dad say? Uh, they are my biggest fans to this day. My mother um, from day one said, absolutely, go ahead and do it. I think my father was a little bit more concerned about finding a job after college. And he always gave me some great, gave me some great career advice. You want to be able to never have to rely on a man. You want to have to do this yourself. So maybe TV isn't the best idea. You want something reliable. But once he realized, like, I took, I listened to that a little bit. I, when I started college, I thought I was going to be a speech pathologist because language speaking that always fascinated me. But I took one course. I think, it, I don't know if it was a statistics course or a chemistry course. I'm like, this is not for me. I'm not going to want to do this. And then I thought, eh, maybe I'll be a teacher. I could teach kids how to do journalism in that line. And I even went to get um, a master's degree in education. But ultimately, I ended up coming back to my passion and doing this TV thing. Um, I studied journalism. I have a journalism major from UConn and I did internships in Connecticut. And it, it was the struggle though to find that first job. That's pretty challenging, I think with any career, but so with any career, but so really in TV because um, people will do it for free. I mean, they're just so desperate to get on TV that, you know, my first job, my salary was $21,000 right out of college. That's tough. <laughs> but no, you give no, it like a residency, like doctors do that first year, you're just paying your dues. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. And so I want I want to actually want to ask that question. So you went to school for journalism mm -hmm. was by the time you made it by the time you made that decision that you weren't going to be a teacher, you weren't going to be a speech pathologist, and you were going to do journalism. Had you had you had any experience at all? you know, within the TV industry. So had you, had you done internships where, were you one of those kids that did like, uh, don't they have like the kid TV that like, where you can have like, like, I don't know, like in, 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 they have it in their high schools. They have it like, you know, even younger than that. Were, were you doing all those things or like, you know, how did you, or like, you know, how did you, how did you get any, any actual, cause I think it's, it's hard to get experience to do TV at mm -hmm. such a young age. It is. It's, it's very challenging. But UConn had a television station and I did news stories for them. I anchored a couple of shows there. So I was involved with UC, UCTV. Uh, they didn't have it in high school or I probably would have done it, but it wasn't an option. So um, I took the core journalism class. It was ethics and journalism. And it was freshman year, maybe 150 people in the class, one of those major, um, you know, halls there. But 
I knew it, taking that one class that this is definitely what I wanted to do, as challenging as it might be. And, and uh, so I want to ask that because there was it was obviously a huge class. Do you have any stats on the number of people that go into go into journalism wanting to be on TV that actually make it onto TV? Because I'm going to guess there's a lot of people that think they have there's a lot of people that think they have what it takes to go into this industry and think they have what it takes to get on TV, but they actually never make it. I don't have official statistics, but I could tell you I remember in our in-depth journalism classes senior year, there was probably 20 of us that were trying to do it. And I think lo and behold, maybe two of us ended up doing it. Um, wow. so it is competitive, but you know, it's it's closely related to marketing and there's a fine line public relations. So there's lots of opportunity if you need if you have that journalism degree, if you don't do the TV thing. Yeah. So so back to, you know, this has always been your passion. Why? TV and not, you know, um, like maybe a newspaper or, you know, some some other medium besides television. I actually started in radio. That was my first job. Um, I worked behind the scenes in television and then I kind of I got on air, but it was it was radio. I was doing on air traffic reports for Westford One in in Hartford. And then I turned into it and then I turned into a news anchor and I would do daily updates uh, from the AP wire and I would put it all together. And um, that's kind of how I started reading the news on radio stations. And I really enjoyed that. But I still had this little itch to be on television and do it. So I think it was great practice to do the radio first and then move yeah, into television. Uh, I think it was just something I always wanted to try. I mean, you never really know if you're going to be good at something until you try it. True. No, that's true. And so I, I want to ask that question because I feel you have, in order to be on radio, you have to have, a, I always say you have to have a radio voice. So mm -hmm. how do you know like, did you know you had a radio voice and you would be, you, you have the, you had the, the right sound? Like, how do, how do you find that out? Uh, you get critiqued. And in this day and age, you hear you? it on the media for sure. Uh, the good and the bad. But I, I certainly don't, I don't think I had a radio voice. I had a radio voice. I think people were trying to give me a chance because I was persistent. I was motivated and I was really hardworking. This was my senior year in college that I was doing the radio stuff. So I think people saw something maybe that they wanted to help me out and, and see where I could go with it. But I don't, I, I had a, a very high pitched voice that I'm sure no one loved hearing on a regular basis, but uh, you know, you work on it and it evolves, I think. That's really interesting. No, I, I mean, yeah, and you mentioned you were, you were really fascinated with the speech in general. So it, that's kind of cool how you even evolved your own voice. So tell us a story about how you actually got your first television job. So, and, and you know, how, how did it happen? Where was it? And what were you doing? Let's think about this. Uh, it was somewhere around 2003. I was still doing radio work. I had worked a little bit behind the scenes at Channel 3. I worked behind the scenes at uh, WVIT, NBC 30. I was an assignment editor there. And I was doing this radio thing. But I still wanted to do a TV thing. And back in the day, you had to put together a reel. I think today it's called a sizzle reel. Back then right. it was a resume tape because it was on a VHS tape. Yes. So you had to go out while you were interning or if you had a friend or if you just were creative and make up your resume tape. So it was a montage, like a, a minute montage of you doing stand-ups. Then there were your packages, which are the stories that you're supposed to have on air. But this is so challenging for someone who's just starting off because 
it's not real. You don't have that chance to put a reel together. You're just kind of working with other reporters. So I would go out with reporters. I would shoot my own stand-ups. I would retract packages. And eventually I got this four and a half minute reel together, reel together. And I remember back then there was a website called tvjobs.com and it every entry level reporting job I would apply to. Wow. So at this point, I, I think I had sent out maybe 102 VHS tapes with my little sticker on it. It said Teresa LaBarbera reporter and my resume and these nice little packets that you would send out and then you would never hear anything back. So, like, you, so, you, so, you, so I want to just clarify something. So you actually send the, the VHS tape with, <laughs> with all of your 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 footage mm -hmm. and you also send, send a paper resume with it with just like, this is who I am and this is what I've done. Yes, and if there was a job listing at four, I was just blindly sell, sending it. Um, right. You just try to sell yourself. You have a big stack, you send it out. They got to know me really well in the post office, but you just don't, sometimes you don't hear back and then you would follow up with emails and sorry, you don't have enough experience. No kidding, no kidding. I'm just out of college. How am I gonna get yeah. experience? So um, that's where I got discouraged and I got, I did one year of a master's degree in education because I was like, hey, maybe this TV thing isn't gonna work out. I think the number was 82 tapes I sent out without even like a response. I mean, you mentioned you were persistent. Yeah, I was persistent. And I started taking one semester of graduate school for education, secondary education. I couldn't stand it. So I made a new reel. I, it wasn't for me. Teaching is not for me. Like this homeschooling stuff that's going on now, I have a whole new respect for teachers for sure. I hear you. <laughs> Uh, so I realized it wasn't me. So I started from scratch. Like the first one, I didn't get any bites. So I redid it. I had friends who were in the industry and I followed them at work and I would shoot my own standups and, and just put another one together, the whole thing. This time, I think I sent out like 70 and I got two bites out of it. One was in Billings, in Billings, North Dakota. And the other one was in Monroe, Louisiana. Wow. So far from home. So far from home, so far from like anything I know, middle of nowhere. And the only, they both offered me the job. We did, I went out, I interviewed, I got, um, you know, both offered me the job and I went with Monroe, Louisiana because I figured, hey, it's probably a little warmer than Billings, Montana. And sure. yeah, I'm close to Bourbon Street. Little <clears throat> did I know I was five hours north of New Orleans. Monroe, ah. Louisiana borders Arkansas and Mississippi. So think right. of that yeah. on the map. That was my first TV job. And what did you what did you do for them at the local the local news station? Well, since I had that radio experience and I was very familiar with the newsroom because I worked at the assignment desk, I was hired as an anchor. I anchored the nine o'clock news because it was um, central time in Louisiana. So it was Fox 14 News at nine with Teresa LaBarbera. Now so that's I, got that, Barbara. Now so that's I, got that's gotta be unique that you got hired as an anchor. Right it, college. And I, and I, my news director back then, his name was Tony Taglavore, and he reminds me of it often, but he just, he gave me the chance and it worked out great, but it's not like it's here. When I say I anchored the show, I also produced the show. I ran my own teleprompter while I was doing the news with my hand and I was timing the show. We didn't have a producer. So I was doing both oh, wow. still reading the news. Yeah, but but I mean, looking back, wasn't wasn't that great experience? Oh my God, the best! You couldn't pay for it. You could never take a class like uh, that. Like you did everything. Like I I picked up a camera. I did editing back then. It was tape to tape. 
Right. Uh, but you learned it all because there was like the news team was all of five people maybe, and you guys had to get it on air. So everybody did everything. It was an incredible experience. It was so how how long were you there for? I was there for I was there for two years, and then I got um, I got hired at WFSB at Channel Three, but it was. Um, it was like just per diem. They would call me when they need me. It wasn't oh, interesting. Like, it wasn't actually it was, she, she called it vacation relief. So I took this giant gamble, left my anchoring job in Louisiana, came back home for what this vacation relief thing was. Uh, but I ended up working almost every day for a year. So I got the experience that I needed. I was reporting at that point. And um, when you say reporting, so you, you were actually in the field going to Yes. Like going live on, on location for whatever's going on. Right. I was a general assignment reporter. I was covering the fires, the murders, the accidents, you know, the typical news story, train packages, doing the live shots. I did that for, for a year for Channel 3. And then finally, after that, I got hired full time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so you took a pretty big gamble giving up an, an anchor position at a, at a, at, in Louisiana to, to, maybe get job, you know, vacation, vacation fill-in jobs. But was... if you think about it, the cities in in this country are ranked and their market sizes. Okay. So Hartford, right now, Hartford, New Haven, Connecticut, the word one, I think we're at maybe 29. Okay. Your New York City is number one, LA is number two, Chicago, Miami, those are up there. It, the, as you get smaller, it goes down. So, and Monroe, Louisiana was 136 out of- 210. So, so substantially was, smaller market. Oh yeah, okay. definitely smaller markets. And you got to and you got to come home, but I mean, yeah. but still, I mean, it, you had to prove yourself because you didn't get hired full time. So I think it goes kind of back to your confidence and your persistence that you felt you could still do it, and and you would you would perform to get hired full time. Perform to get hired full time. You believed in yourself. Turn a day down. Like I remember working a month in a row because I didn't want to lose the opportunity i think when you're starting off and you're new you just yes yes definitely i'll work keep calling me looking back on the experience in louisiana because I, I you know i think a lot of people i think a lot of people in a lot of industries are probably in a similar boat where they they may have to leave where they where they grew up or where their ideal location is to get that first job right. what, what's your advice for people you know, because you were there for two years, but it was a life-changing experience. So what's your advice for people that may hesitate on having to move or not going to the location they want to for that first job? I mean, I think you just have to do it. It's terrifying, but it's also really exciting at the same time. I mean, I picked up and left everything. I had a boyfriend at the time. My family was here. And I just said, if I'm going to, and I just said, if I'm going to do this movie thing, this is what I have to do. And I put everything else aside and I went down there, did my two years. I feel like you could do any, you know, I keep reminding you, I lived in Louisiana, the middle of nowhere for two years. I mean, it's, it's I go back to residency. You didn't know anyone. Didn't know anybody. And I, I didn't sound like anybody. In fact, they used to call me, I was a damn Yankee because I was from up north and I wasn't leaving. Like, and then they didn't understand. I have an Italian heritage. There were no Italians back there. And I had, I remember having a police officer come up to me and go, what is you? 
And I was like, what? <laughs> what is you? They didn't know if I was, you know, Middle Eastern or if I was Italian right. or what I was. And I also a dark featured pretty gal. <laughs> but but I mean, to, but going back to your decision, you, you didn't you didn't have kids. You weren't what? married. So you, you weren't what? married. So you didn't have all those things that might prevent you from making, you know, a move like this and taking a risk like this. So it yeah. seemed like it was kind of the perfect time. It was timing has a lot to do with your career. And so does luck that I've learned. I mean, it just got lucky that they needed a female anchor. What if they needed a male anchor? My whole trajectory would have been different. Yeah, so but I, I wouldn't shock all up to luck. I mean, you sent out 150 plus. I mean, I'm bound right? to so, happen at some time, I guess. But yeah, right? I mean, you have to be persistent about it. And timing is something I could never just get up and leave my family at this point with kids right. and a mortgage and everything else. but. Right after college, that's the that's the way to do it. So so you're back in Connecticut, mm -hmm. you're working full time at channel three at this point. Right. Doing all different sort of sort of work. Yeah. Well, how did you make the jump from channel three to, to WTNH where you, where where your home is now that you've been for quite a, quite some time? Yeah. Quite some time. Yeah, I've been at uh, channel eight for uh, eleven years this year. Uh what happened was uh, the traffic reporter at Channel 3 was leaving, and the news director said, hey, do you want to try giving traffic reporting a try? And I said, well, I don't really know. I don't really know where the highways are. I don't know my way. You know, although I've lived in Connecticut my whole life, I wasn't thrilled with the idea, but I really liked the morning crew over at WFSB at the time. So I said, yeah, they seem like a fun bunch. Let's give it a try. So I was the morning traffic reporter there, for two years. I was with Irene O'Connor and Scott Haney, and it was a great bunch, and it was so much fun. It was fantastic working with them. Can, can I just pause you for one second? So you said the morning crew. What yeah. time, I've always wondered this, what time do you have to wake up in the morning if you work on the morning crew on a <laughs> local TV channel? Uh, channel. Uh, I woke up between 2.30 and 3 for 12 years of my life. It was brutal. That's rough. So what time do you go to bed? You never, you feel like you have constant jet lag. You yeah, never really I can imagine. Like you try to go to bed at seven, but then you miss out. Like it was, it was a challenge. I don't know how I did it for 12 years. And that's kind of how my role changed once I had kids, because I realized this is not going to be a reality. But we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you were, so you started doing traffic. Right, I started doing traffic at Channel 3, and I really loved it. And then uh, in addition to traffic, I was a correspondent for their uh, midday show called Better Connecticut. And that was a lot of fun. It was feature reporting, and I really learned that that's what I wanted to do. That's what I liked, the features rather than the hard news. Like, so that's the, that's the storytelling. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. Like it's hard when you're on a breaking news story and someone's hurt or you're trying to get them to talk on camera. No one wants to talk to you. But when you're doing a feel good story and you're highlighting great things, it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So that's what I realized after working on that show that that's what I wanted to do. And the opportunity came up uh, at Channel 8 that uh, their traffic reporter was leaving their traffic reporter left and he was also the host of their show which was uh ct style so um we connected and it was um it was a good match so 
So I decided to leave and go over to Channel 8 so I could be the host of their midday show. And so you were doing, so, you were doing, so same thing as Channel 3, you're doing the traffic in the morning and then the, the, the Connecticut show in the midday. So right. similar, but just different channel. Yeah. And and how long did you do? And how long did you do both of those for? Um, I did both of those at Channel Eight for uh, eight years. So I would do the morning show, and then I would kind of change my role, and I would host CT Style. We, I mean, the show has certainly evolved. It was on at nine o'clock. It was on at twelve o'clock. Uh, it was an hour at one point, and went back down to a half an hour. So the show keeps on evolving, but it's still. It's fun. It's all things Connecticut. It's Connecticut authors, Connecticut restaurants. What what makes this great state what it is? And that's what we talk about every day. So oh, I, that's, um, that's really cool. Yeah. Right now it's on hiatus because of our current situation, but it will be back uh, sometime in the fall. Very cool. So what you mentioned, you, 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 you made a reference to you did both and then you took a pause from the, you know, the, the, the whole traffic piece. Yeah. What was the what was the reason you made that career change to only focus that career change to only focus on the midday show and stop doing traffic? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me that because the morning show is a, is a ton of exposure, a lot of eyeballs watching, and you're really doing a service, getting people to work on time. They have to Absolutely. know how to, how to go and what ways to avoid. And I loved doing it, and I became best friends with Gil Simmons, the weatherman, in the morning, and it was, it was a tough decision because I didn't want to stop working with him. But ultimately, um, when my second baby came, it just wasn't a reality anymore because I had the first baby and it was okay because he would nap and I would be able to nap with him and it would be okay. But once he got older, there was no nap and there was just no way to do this crazy job. The hours that I was doing, I couldn't leave the house. I mean, there were nights where I would be up all night and then have to go directly to work at two o'clock in the morning because if the baby was sick or something, something had to give. And at that point, my life was evolving also. My life was evolving also. I was a wife, I was a mother, and it was time to focus a little bit more on my family and not so much me. Right. And I, I mean, I mean, I think, you know, and I remember when, <laughs> when the naps go away, how much different life is, <laughs> right? Right. They go from two naps a day to one nap a day to zero naps a day. And you, you used to be so productive during those naps and then you right. lose those. And I, and I love how you put your family first because I'm the same way. And, and I always put my family ahead of my career. And I think yeah. sometimes people kind of question my judgment on that. But you know, at, the, at the end of the day, I think your your family is the most important, you know. Yeah, to, you, to, you do you. You have to what yeah. system that works. And for me, waking up at 2.35 in the morning was not... Uh, conducive to two kids at two years old under it just wasn't a reality fortunately I was in a position where uh, the station worked with me I probably because I've I've been in this market and market and you know we have a good rapport there they're very family oriented so I was so grateful when um, they understood that I just wanted to kind of work part-time and do the afternoon show instead so, so you're just doing that now, and you've been doing that. So, for how long? Just the afternoon show at this point. Um, two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. And is you know we were talking before we went live tonight. So you're, you you do more than just host it. You know you do all you do, you do quite a bit other than just host the show. And now that I hear the story, it sounds like your time back in Louisiana probably has helped you manage this show quite a bit because you used to do everything back in Louisiana. 
Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it was such great experience having to do just about everything. And then, um, you know, I write the majority of the show. I have somebody helping me book the guests, but there are times I'm booking guests as well. And there are times I get a call from the parking lot. Can you come let me in the building? And I'm running in the building and I'm running downstairs to let them in. Like, right. There's only about three or four of us at the station that work on this show. So we work hard, we hustle, we get it on the air. And I think the clients, I think the people that come on the show really enjoy it. But it is a work. You don't just show up and read a teleprompter. Let's Yeah, no, yeah, no. I mean, I can imagine. So I, I, I have a couple of questions because I think a lot of people, they watch, they, they, they watch local TV no matter what market they're in every day. And... You know, I think sometimes people forget like this is cool because people get to see like that, you know, hear from someone who's on TV every day. Like you're a, a regular person. Right. I think sometimes people forget that, you know, like because you're you're on TV and people think, oh, you're you must live this glamorous, amazing lifestyle. But you have two kids. You have a husband like you're you're a normal, normal person, just like everyone else. But yeah. what what is. I want to hear what is the hardest thing about being on TV every day. So, if you had to, if you had to share with the audience the, like the most challenging things, the, like the most challenging thing, what would it be? Um, you know, I I knew what I signed up for, so I'd like to think I'm always on good behavior. I mean, perhaps in my younger years, I had to be more conscious of that. But right now, um, you know. You just want to be a good role model. You're in the public eye. Everything you do, people are watching. So you have to be aware of that. Um, social media is tough. There are days people will really call you out if, if something happened on the show or they didn't like your outfit or you said something maybe that didn't come out the right way. You will certainly hear about it. I, I have thick skin because of, um, of social media. But, you know, the good and the bad, you hear a lot from fans. I mean, it's also a great way to connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pros and cons with that. No, I, I can imagine. So what has been your, what, what looking back over your, your career, what was your favorite story? That, what was your favorite story that you actually got to report on? Like throughout, I mean, it could be on the show you host today. It could be something where you went live. Like what was, what was that one, that one story that stood out that you were just like, that's my favorite? Um, there are probably a couple, but I will tell you, it was a kind of a surreal moment. I knew that we were having Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk, come on our show. And I didn't know when he was arriving or anything, but I walked around the corner and Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk, was sitting at my desk. So that was kind of, a, that was an interesting That's funny. Moment. And he was a great interview and he was so nice. He was, he was kind to everyone. He took pictures with everyone. Um, so that was cool. I mean, I've met a couple of movie stars along the way and I've done some pretty cool things. Like I gear, I dressed up with the, the Connecticut roller girls. There's roller derby. So they actually let me be part of the team. That, oh, wow. was, fun. that was a really cool, fun. that was a really cool, cool, uh, assignment. I remember my, my name was bad traffic. Like they all had these crazy names, <laughs> I, bad traffic. I like, I like that. That's good. Roller Derby uh, awesome. I got to go on the blimp over Travelers once. Oh, like, that's cool. That was a cool gig. Um, I've done some some fun stuff. Uh, the, there's a women's only football team in Hartford. I also <laughs> suited up with them. Couldn't catch oh, wow. them off. That was something. Yeah. So you've done I mean, a lot of fun things. 
We do. And we always have themed holiday shows. I've had some crazy Halloween costumes. It's just great. And it's, it's a lot of fun because I grew up in Connecticut and the show is all about Connecticut. So it, it works out well. No, I, th- I mean, I think obviously it, it, you can tell you're passionate about what, what your, your subject is because you grew up here. So that probably, that probably lends itself well. Looking back, looking back over your career. So obviously you've, you've made a lot of sacrifices and you worked very hard and went to you know different, different cities and different states and different, um, di- different stations to ultimately get what you wanted. Looking back, what, what do you, what would you consider your biggest success that you've had during your television career and maybe the biggest failure? And I always ask the failure question, not to embarrass my guests, but because usually with a failure, it means opportunity. You learn something that helped you in the future. So what would, what would you say was your biggest success and biggest failure so far in your television career? Biggest success. Um, I really enjoy doing the show every day. It was kind of a surreal moment when it was Mother's Day and I got to have my mother and my babies on the show with me. It was like a pinch me moment. Like, this is pretty cool. This is great stuff. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> and um, and um, the one thing I kind of regret is not getting into social media a little bit sooner. Like, I don't hmm. think I had a Facebook page until 2015. Like, I remember doing it on maternity leave. And I was like, I'm a little behind the curve here. And for someone who is in the media and how kind of the way news is evolving, I should have jumped on that train like years, a decade. Yeah, that's before. interesting. So that would be my biggest failure, I think, in this industry is that I was way late to the social media game because I think eventually that's where news is going. So I should have started a little bit earlier, but I'm trying well, to... You're on now, and when we link to your when we link to your website, people can connect with you on social media and and check and check out your uh, I think what Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, right? Yeah, Facebook too. That's Facebook there. too. You know right, cool. Okay. You know what another failure was? I said the S word on air. I cursed on air. On air. I cursed on air once. That wasn't good. <laughs> what, what what let me ask you. So what happens when you curse on air? Like, does the FCC like call the station and? Well, is that like a big deal or no? That's what they threatened me with. This is going to be a huge fine. I was supposed to be in front of the camera doing a traffic report, and I heard my traffic music in my ear, and I go, oh, shh, S-H. And that, my mic was up, and it went right across the air, right into everyone's home, and that was bad. That was bad. I mean, you didn't do it on purpose, right? You know, it happened. So, uh, no, that that is that is funny. Uh, that, that made me laugh. Uh so cut looking back and and I, I I like to I like to ask this because I think it I think it defines a lot of people's careers. What was your first paying job all the way back like when you were a kid, right? And I asked that question because I, I feel like you learned so much in that and everyone remembers it. So everyone remembers it. So what was that first job you got actually paid to do during your childhood? Each summer I worked in my father's podiatric office. He was a podiatrist, a foot and ankle surgeon. So I was in charge of cleaning the rooms after the patients. Um, and we're talking like feet procedures. So yeah. I'm cleaning the rooms with toenails and whatever else. I'm sterilizing equipment, um, helping the seniors, you know, put their tights back on like that. That was my gig. That was my summer job for like 
I don't know, at least six or six years, I would say. Wow. I worked in my dad's office cleaning up after the patients. That, that was not what I was expecting to hear, but if you, no, I mean, <laughs> but, but what did you learn? I mean, what did you learn from that? What did you appreciate? Obviously, you know, working working with your father was probably cool on getting to help him. But what did you appreciate about what you learned working as a kid like that? No, it was all watching. No, it was all watching my dad, the connections that he made with people. And to this day, they think he's one of the, the most incredible people, you know, they've ever met. He was just compassionate with each and every one of his patients. And he took the time to get to know them and to be friends with them and and just know who they were and that's huge and i from that is something i've taken into my career because i make sure when i meet guests for the first time that they are comfortable before they mm -hmm. come on the show i talk to them we get to know each other and i learned a lot of that from my dad and just being in his office while he was you know helping patients you learned interviewing skills from your exactly. father kind of nick that's it <laughs> that's, that's really interesting no that's really interesting and i would never have even thought of that yeah. but you're right i mean obviously different completely different industries right. but when someone when a patient's going in for a procedure they have to feel comfortable and, and trust the person so that that's that's the person so that that's that's super interesting yeah. what and and he was and he and the funny thing was he was the one that told you well maybe this journalism thing is is not the the best idea, right? But he actually helped you make it happen. So I think that's kind of ironic. Initially, um, he wanted to make sure his daughter had a job when she graduated college. I don't, I don't, I don't blame him for that. Right? You, you have two kids. You'll probably be the same way with your kids when, when they, when they get to that point. Was so if if you look back at, at your career, which has obviously been, you know, and it hasn't been that long, right? I mean, you you've done a lot in a very short amount of time, and I think a lot of people, again, I don't think a lot of people at your age were anchors, right? So that was the first thing. I think a lot of people really would love to have a show like you have that, that there's every day and, and a lot of people don't have that. Do you think, do you think the thing that helped you be so successful and reach your full potential was your, you know, just like your tenacity of, of, of tenacity of, of, of always trying to get what you want and, and pushing and pushing and pushing? Like, what was that one thing that helped you reach your full potential and, and made you so successful? Because you, you you had some milestones. I think a lot of people in your, even in your industry, which a lot of people don't get into, wish they had. Um, I think initially you have to go into it with that blind ambition. Like you're going to pick up and leave and get that job and, and do what you have to do to get the first job. But along the way, I think you just have to be kind to people and you have to make them feel comfortable and you have to make them like you and want to talk to you. I mean, that this is my job. People right. want to talk to me and I want to make sure that they're comfortable and they feel good coming on the show and they want to come back on the show. So I think you just have to, you have to be a good person. I know it sounds cliche, but you have to be kind and you have to just, you're, you're in the public, you're a role model. You have to be aware of that and you have to rise to the occasion, even when it's hard sometimes. So you've used... And I think that's great advice, and I, I completely agree with you. I just wanna I wanna just highlight something before we before we wrap. You've used the word role model multiple times, which 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 I think shows how serious you take being in the public eye and being on TV and 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 talking and interviewing people. What do you, not everyone in your industry probably thinks what thinks that right right? I mean the fact like you're a role model. What where did that where did that 
They probably should because I mean everybody's always watching. You always. I know. I, I agree. They probably should, but I'm gonna guess most most don't. But where did where did that where did you learn that where did you learn that from? Like where did you get that that thought that oh my gosh I'm actually a role model and there might be you know there might be the next Teresa watching my show and then you might inspire that person to do this. You know I I guess I never really thought too much about it until I started getting asked to speak at, in classrooms, when I got asked to speak at women's groups mm -hmm. or talk to young girls about um, following your dreams and, and making right career decisions and even decisions in your own life. I, once people started asking me how it happened or came to me for advice, I realized that this is a serious position I'm in. Like you have to stand up and do it the right way. No, I, I just love that because I think it 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 just it just shows how much you care and 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 again, you know, realizing like the I don't know what the word is, but just the the weight that your role carries and and the the amount of carries and and the the amount of people that you can impact. I think it just shows it shows how serious you are, which is great. So yeah, well, and even now having a daughter, I have True. to think about that. Having my own children, children change everything, don't they? <laughs> I, yes, they do. Yes, I completely agree just changes but some days you're a great mom some days you're a great reporter and you just try to find that happy ground happy movement. no i hear you well i just want to say thank you this was this was so much fun i had a blast i think uh it was a fascinating you know journey back in time to hear about your career and i hopefully people have learned some really great things to help them reach their full potential and again if people want to connect with you we're going to link to your website and we'll link to the Connecticut style website in the, in the show description on both YouTube and the podcast and uh, people can connect with you on all your social media as well. So thank you so much for making time. This was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the full potential podcast. If you'd like to hear more interviews, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple podcasts, Google, and Spotify. You can also connect with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to check out our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and be well.